God, man, it. Do you know what it is? I, I just got goosebumps, right? Because your illustration this morning, Sarah, is in my word. And when you started to say it, I was like, I know what's coming. So I think God's wanting to tell me something, and he's wanting to tell us all something this morning. So that's really exciting. Uh, thanks for those kind words, Terry. And I'm not 75, I'm 60, I'm 60 in December, okay? 75. It's awfully warm up here. It is. Right, in the gap, that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's something that, that God, for years, puts on my heart. If you know me, you know I like to be where it's rough, where it's ready, where things are happening. Uh, and it was certainly like that at the Gateshead match on Friday night, which was very, very scary, I might add. Uh, but again, I was able to be there, be a witness, be with the players, be with the manager and stuff. And it shook a lot of people up and be with the crowd as well. Uh, so it's about being in the gap. It's about being in those places. And what I want to ask us this morning, myself included, is what happens when God's people stand strong in the gap? Because I suggest that gaps need to get filled. That's why they exist. If a gap's there, it needs to be filled. And for me, that's the reason it exists. And as Christians, we're called to fill them. Our world is full of gaps. Places of weakness, places of vulnerability, where people need to stand on behalf of needy people. And as Christians, whether we like it or not, we're called to do that. We're called to fill in the gaps. A gap is a place of weakness. A gap is a place of vulnerability. A gap is a place of danger. It's a defenseless location of exposure and limitation. And gas, gaps exist in our countries. Gaps exist in our communities. Gaps exist in our homes sometimes. And uh, in our families. And also in our churches. And this is what it says in Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30. It says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. You know, the picture of that verse is that there's a wall and there's a gap. And if no soldier stands in the gap, then the enemy will take advantage. A breach in the wall lets the enemy through. Standing in the gap protects. The gap can be anything. Things can be avoided when people stand in the gaps. And righteous people, that's me and you, we're not perfect, of course we're not. But we need to stand in the gap. And we need to stand in the gap on behalf of others. Reality is at times nothing's changed, has it? Because God's still looking for people to stand in the gaps. Men, women, even children to stand in the gap. In our countries, in our communities, in our homes, in our schools, in our places of work and in our churches. We see it all around us, don't we? Social breakdown, social gaps. People who feel cut off from the goodness of God. Ask yourself, do you see those gaps? Do you recognize any of those gaps? 
Do we even care about some of those gaps? Do we even notice? You may say, well, what kind of person fills a gap? Well, I'll tell you, it's me and you. Me and you, young, old, children, we are the people that need to be willing to fill those gaps. We are the people that need to be, dare I say it, brave enough. Brave enough. It's about us having insight into problems, having courage to be bold and take action. God wants people with no fear. People who are willing to face fear and stand in the gap for those who are in need. The Bible right down through the ages and history, there's been people who've been willing to stand in the gap. Nehemiah identified a problem that needed solving. Do we see problems that need solving? Where we live, where we work, where we move? Esther understood her times. Do we understand our times? Do we know what's happening? Noah was all out, no matter what the cost. Are we prepared to pay the cost? To stand in the gap. Barnabas saw hidden potential. As I look around this room, there's hidden potential everywhere. Things that you can do to stand in the gap for others. John the Baptist was willing to take risks. There's people in this room that are willing to take risks. So maybe we need to take them sometimes. Gideon was sensitive to the voice of God. We need to be sensitive to the voice of God. We need to listen. We've already heard this morning the hustle and bustle, the busyness, and we can forget to listen sometimes. We need to listen. We need to be sensitive. In the Bible, Deborah earned a reputation of wisdom and strength. We have to earn it. We don't just get it. But where we live, where we breathe, where we work, where we move, we need to earn a reputation of wisdom and strength. And Caleb had a different spirit. When people see me and you, do they, can they tell? Do they know that we've got a different spirit? That there's something different about us? And even through history, loads of people, Corrie ten Boom, Nikki Cruz, David Wilkinson, Florence Nightingale, Mother Teresa, Catherine and William Booth, we could go on. Thousands upon thousands of people who have decided to take the risks and stand in the gap. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Now, we know I might not all see it like this, but it's a privilege. It is a privilege and responsibility of each of us to stand in the gap for others. It's selfless. It's giving. And if we're totally honest, we're not always good at that, are we? We prefer to receive rather than give. It's easier. It's nicer. It doesn't get messy. But we need to take the responsibility and understand that it's a privilege for us to stand in the gap. We need to love unconditionally, as we don't often get anything back. But it's not about that. If we're looking to get things back, that's not unconditional love. We don't need something in return. But sadly, sometimes as people, we need that. Sometimes as churches, we need that. 
We don't. Compassion means with passion. It's easy to be passionate about things for ourselves. We get passionate about our football teams. Not Newcastle, Gateshead, okay? That's our local team. Not Newcastle, Gateshead. But we get passionate about things that we love and that we're into, okay? But passion simply, uh, compassionate simply means it's a passion. So it's a passion about others. It's a passion for the poor, passion for the broken, passion for addicts, passion for people who are hurting, passion for the abused, passion for those that we don't like. We always come across people we don't particularly like, but we can love them. And we need to be passionate about them. I think back to myself, people have stood in the gap for me. And when I think back, I think, thank the God that they did. Because who knows where I'd be today. In fact, I dare even say I dread to think where I would be today had people not stood in the gap for me. For a minute, just think about some people that stood in the gap for you. They may not be here anymore, but just for 10 seconds, just think about those people. And thank God that they took the time to stand in the gap for you as I do the people that stood in the gap for me. So why are we reluctant sometimes to fill the gap for many reasons? We fear <coughs> people. We fear that they'll take advantage. We fear that people will walk all over us sometimes. And in the kind of job that I do, that very often happens. <coughs> but the thing is, I use this analogy sometimes. A bridge is built to get from this side to this side. And to get from this side to this side, if you're on foot, you've got to walk over the bridge, <coughs> but you get to your destination. And I view it like this. If I need to be walked over a few times for somebody to find Jesus, so what? So what? Just being a bridge. So we need to be a bridge for other people. We sometimes fear that people think we're a bit weird. So what? The older I get, which is great, the less I'm bothered. Whereas when I was younger, you kind of do think a little bit. But as I've got older and older, I could not care less what people think. And if they think I'm weird, that's cool. Yeah? We fear fitting in. Why do we need to fit in? What is it we're supposed to fit into? In my experience, again, as I get older, I think if you're just real with people, and <clears throat> they see that you're real, you do fit in. I had no idea when I went to be chaplain at Gateshead whether I'd fit in or not. Yeah, I've played football for years. Yeah, I love the banter. Yeah, I know how to give banter. And it's seamless. Relationships are building. Things are happening that I can't see. But I know they're happening because relationships are being built. Who knows where that's going to lead? I don't know. But it's a daily thing. So don't worry about fitting in. Sometimes... We just simply don't want the inconvenience, let's be honest. We don't want the inconvenience because it disrupts our plans, it disrupts what we do, it disrupts things that we, we've got planned. A little illustration that kind of works that out. The other night I went to pick Jill up from one of her friends and I picked one of her other friends up and we're driving home 
And all of a sudden, we come round this corner on the grass bank going, there's a woman. There's a woman laying in the middle of that grass. And we're like, what? so what do we do? What do we do? We've got a choice. I either drive on or I stop my car and go and investigate. Could have drove on because it was an inconvenience. I was on my way home. I didn't really need that. But we stopped the car. We went out and this woman, bless her, was in quite a state. And uh, we were able to help. That's a standing in the gap. It's a little gap. And we don't know where that might lead. But I could have easily drove on because of the inconvenience. And we're like that sometimes, aren't we? We have to be honest. Here's what it tells us. A combination as well that helps us back off sometimes is that we're selfish. We get a little bit selfish. And fear. They're probably the main reasons. But this is what it says in Matthew chapter 25. And I'm reading from the message. And it's verse 34 to 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, who are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I am telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, Get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never visited. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? And he will answer them, I am telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me, and you failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. You know, this morning, what we need to do is simply come and, and, and make a confession. And if we don't have to make this confession... But I urge you that as I repeat each line, if you say it, if you want to, if you don't want to say it, that's fine. Yeah? But let's just say these lines together and let's make this confession. So just repeat what I say. Your word is written in my mind. Your word is hidden in my heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I will seek you with all my strength. 
I choose to live my life according to your word. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. May we each one of us this morning be filled by the God of grace, by the God of wisdom, by the God of power. May he fill us with his spirit and give us courage, courage to stand in the gap for those around us where we are and where he has called us each to serve in the gaps that he's called us to fill and stand in. We probably know what those gaps are. So let's fill them. Let's major on the majors and not on the minors. Let's fill in the gaps. Let's focus on people. Let's focus on relationships and building relationships. Good, positive relationships. Let's not get tied up with all the rules, the procedures, the expectations, the courses, whether people have been baptized or not, whether they've been filled by the Holy Spirit, whether they take communion or not, whether they've got qualifications, whether they understand justification, as has already been mentioned, or know the Bible. All those things can come. That's not what's most important at the beginning. It's about standing in the gap. And it's actually a matter of life and death for those people. And then, of course, the illustration. Obviously, we've heard it, but I think God wants us to hear it again. There was once a man who died. He arrived at heaven, and he was stopped on the gate and asked about all the things that I've just mentioned, but he had no answers. Those on the gate were baffled, so they sought advice from elsewhere. And it seemed that the man would not gain entry into heaven. So the person on the gate asked a simple question, and it was this. Who said you can come in? And the man simply answered, the man on the middle cross. Wow. Jesus had said to him, today, because the guy recognized who Jesus was, today you will be in paradise. And that, as has already been said, and this is why I feel God's really speaking to us this morning, That's the only bridge required into our countries. That's the only bridge required into our communities, our churches. The greatest bridge of all, the cross. Says it all. You know that song, the cross has said it all. It does. The only true gap filler. The band wants to come back up. Today, let's speak life. Let's speak encouragement to each other. And here's one, especially to those of us who have dropped the ball. Yeah? How many people drop the ball sometimes? Yeah, me too. I drop it regular. But let's speak encouragement. We're so quick, aren't we, when somebody bodges up or does something wrong to jump on that bandwagon and punch them down a little bit more. But let's lift them up. None of us are perfect. My dad has this phrase, God uses bent sticks. I think that's a great phrase. God uses bent sticks. None of us are perfect. We don't have to be perfect. God can still use us. And God wants to use us. God wants to use us to fill those gaps. Proverbs 15 verse 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. 
and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. And Proverbs 25:11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold. We might need to speak those words into the gaps. But it's important as well that physically, physically, we're in those gaps. Let's, as people, as individuals, and as church, be gap fillers. Gap fillers. And of course, Terry said, mind the gap. My last thing is, forget when you're on a train in London, mind the gap, mind the gap. Let's resonate in our heads this morning. Fill the gap. Fill the gap. I just want to pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and we thank you that you love us so much that you allow us to drop the ball sometimes. And uh, I just pray this morning that as individuals and as a corporate body, as a church here, that, that we'll really get stirred up this morning by this filling the gap, that we need to fill that gap. We very often say, oh, this gap needs filling, that gap needs filling, and we look to people and say, they could fill that. No, sometimes it needs to be us. And so I just pray for every single one of us this morning that you'll make us bold and courageous and that we'll step out, we'll take risks, we'll do things uh, that we wouldn't normally do for you. And uh, let us be the people that we're meant to be and let us fill the gaps that we're meant to fill. So we just pray that in your name. And we thank you for reaffirming your word this morning, right from the beginning of this service. How mad is that? How great is that? That, that you know, none of us have even spoke to each other, and yet you knew, you knew, and you've just pieced things together. And so we thank you for that. So bless us, we pray. And keep moving by your spirit now as we worship again. And even when we go and have coffee, that we'll continue to talk about filling gaps, filling gaps. We pray these things in your name, and we pray these things because we love you. Amen. Amen.